Flight 30 degrees. Kipling, Annapolis Center. Do you have any test operations restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31. Continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Gunner. The traffic is approaching head-on, altered right, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac, Wanwan, and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. First, let me introduce the members of the uh, posse. Girls, get ready. Sit down. Time to get your fan. You missed your big box of Kleenex. Big box of <laughs> wipes in your squeegee in your loop. Because the very famous one one is here. Hello, Mac. How's it going? Glad to be here. All the way from the UK. Mm-hmm. I always got to take a breath after that introduction. <laughs> All right, everything okay over there? Yeah, but well, you know, the UK is in strange financial uh, difficulties. Yes. And they're playing around with uh, money, and the, the value of the pound went down to a dollar three for hmm. a while. Uh huh. I thought wow. it was going to hit a one to one because I haven't seen that in a long time. When I came over here, it was a dollar, uh, a pound was a dollar twenty. Uh huh. All right. So you got the reason it went down? Is that what you're saying? Uh, it's just uh, you know, crazy politics and uh, crazy dickering with uh, trying to conf- control inflation. That's just like in the U.S. Yeah, no different. Nothing different. They talk that, you know, funny. We, we lost the queen. Yes. We're, we're trying to get over that. We heard she passed away. Yep. She passed away as a long funeral, long, mor- long mourning period. Yes. And well, still struggling with it. Godspeed to her. Don't worry. You get the right guy in charge there now there, brother. Yeah, we got yeah. King Charles III. Yeah, yeah. Just get a new pair of eyeglasses. With Camilla. <laughs> and maybe we're working on those. Camilla, Camilla, I'm going. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But Diana should be there. Well, you know, in bizarre world. Anyway. Just don't give him a pen either. You ever seen him with his Yeah, pen? yeah, he can't handle yeah, freaking he has pens. Yeah, trouble with pens. He'll be all right with everything else, though, believe me. So, anyway, speaking of having trouble with pens, no Coco tonight. He's out saving the world somewhere. Uh, however, our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Wood, is with us, Switchy. It is great to be here. Okay, down there in West Virginia. West by God, Virginia. Mm-hmm. That's what it says on the license plate? Uh, no, it no. says wild and wonderful on the license plate. <laughs> You're kidding me. Yeah, that what West it says? Virginia. Really? That, hey, I had nothing to That's do with it. Cool. Wow. You really want to call West Virginia wild and wonderful? Um, sure. <laughs> okay, good. All right. It's so, such a beautiful state. Hey, did you run into Emily M. down there? Don't. Yeah, at the Mothman Festival. Uh-huh. Oh, All right. Good. Mm. Tell her we said hi, okay? I will. I follow her on Instagram, and uh, I'm jealous because she's having so much fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they say blondes have more fun. They, they do. <laughs> okay. I think that's an exaggeration. Let's move but, on. Yeah, on that. That's okay. what they say. They I don't do. say it. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's ask him. He's our security chief, Willie Club. Willie, how you doing? You know, Mac, I'm doing great. I'm looking to have some fun tonight by this crowd here. Yeah. I think we're in for a lot of activity. 
Is it your uh, experience yeah, that blondes? Your experience that blondes have more fun? You should know. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, also joining us is our favorite uh, good witch up there in Sideways, New York, Raven is with us. Raven. Hello, my friends. Thank you for having me. Okay. Let's see. Looks like a bun night or non-bun night. Please tell us. I, I had it in a bun. I had one little strand that just kept pulling, and I couldn't get it to stop pulling, so I just took it out of the bun because mm, okay. it wasn't wasn't worth it. Okay, looking good, looking kind of Halloweenish in a way, still, right? I mean, not still, pre-Halloween. Yeah, yeah. It's, Would you agree? One more October. Same thing happened to me with my hair. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Even blondes don't have more fun, do they? Not in your world. I've never never been a blonde as a as a brunette. I I feel like I have the adequate amount of fun that I'm supposed to have, <laughs> but maybe I am missing out. I don't know. Yeah, brunettes like you have more fun, that's for sure. Yeah. No, only her hairdresser knows for sure. There you go. <laughs> Adequate fun. Also joining us uh, tonight is the mysterious Ashley G. Ashley, how are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Okay, we're uh, okay. Ashley, uh, Ashley. has uh, joined us a few times in the Hello. past. She's hey, the Mac, one. Um, yes. I wanted to address uh, something from uh, Switch. Go ahead. Now that he's talking about here, oh. it just reminded me, but I, I know that you know, that you do a lot of research on uh, hair regeneration. And I wonder if you saw the new technique that's coming out. Um, it's it's from the company that uh, developed the Chia Pet. Have you ever? Oh, God. I'm sure Sorry, you probably got a couple of those. Where's my thing? Oh, there we go. Pet, but, uh, what do you think this is? <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering. But I, I got to tell you, you got to read up on that. Hmm. You uh, you could really uh, change your life. You'll, you'll have blondes coming from everywhere. There you go. In wild and well, wonderful. I, yeah. I think there's a George Sukulis uh, Chia Pet. Okay. No one knows who you know, he George, is. George is the guy with the wild hair on uh, Ancient Aliens. Oh, that guy? Yeah. Huh? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Is he a blonde? No. Oh. He's a brunette. But, oh. uh, well, what color is a Chia Pet? Green? Green. I don't know. No. Oh, no. You get on the one that you can get now for your own... Uh, situation you can color it hmm. and uh, you can wash it and uh, it's unbelievable and then it attaches to your to your head you can water you know, it it's by a membrane so anyways <laughs> if you get a chance uh, looks good when they look well, at chia pet here well the truth is i've had uh i have had some hair transplants from my eyebrows really yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. i used to have andy rooney eyebrows so interesting it was well, plenty of hair it's good that yeah, they, they were able to do like something they've taken them. very well so you may want to look for what do you mean? Solution. They paid a lot of money for this. Let me uh, get back to uh, Ashley G, if you guys don't mind. Now, Ashley, you told us in a, on an um, earlier show that uh, in the real estate biz in Massachusetts, if there's a house that is haunted or has had some kind of a murder or a crime committed in it, you do not necessarily have to tell the buyer, right? Right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I just want to check on that <laughs> because I think Massachusetts is just about the only state that doesn't at least want you to, you know, at least... I don't know. Full disclosure, I guess. I guess in New Hampshire, uh, or in some states, if they ask, you have to tell them. But if they don't ask, you don't have to tell them. I don't know about that either, but uh, I ran it by our real estate agent. We, actually, we just sold our, our five-acre spread up there in New Durham. Go and Go ahead. we kind of alluded to, uh, yeah, the place might be haunted. We know there's a few orbs floating around when the kids were living there for a while. And what they say? Get out. And... There could be, you know, it's the Colburn Farm goes back to 1850, and uh, a couple of his deceased wives are buried on the property, things like that. But it seemed like it was a selling point. Oh. <laughs> the, the new buyers got a kick out of it. Yeah, really. And, and, and in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say that again, Ashley, please. I said in the eye of the beholder. 
whether or not you want it haunted or not. Yeah, right. Interesting. I would not want to live in a haunted house, but I could see where some people would. I left it up to the our real estate agent who was connecting with their real estate agent, and I got a sense that it's sort of a cute kind of uh, is it weird nicety with the property. The property is not, let's face it, it's not uh, textbook, uh, always ready to go. You well, find something fascinating about it every time you walk in. Wait till they wait till some two a.m. in the morning. They hear some blood curdling scream. See how cute. <laughs> it's, I think it is that. Yeah, see, it's it's never like that. It's okay. not like that at all. all right. They ever see someone walking down the hall? No, they, no, they won't. They won't hear no. that either. That's usually me if it's my feet subtle. get the cold floor when I get up. <laughs> wow, I, I, why have you seen a ghost walking down a hall somewhere, Ashley? Or is it? Uh, not a ghost walking down a hall, but I'm convinced that the home I'm in does have someone living in it because I saw someone in the corner. I'm convinced. Wow. Oh, okay. All right. What they look like. It's. It was hard to tell because I didn't want to stare. Yeah, no, that's polite <laughs> of you. I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> but um, it was definitely a guy. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I, I was nowhere near. That I was gonna say, Cobra. Started. We know where he was. Juan is over in England. I was worried. Okay. All right. Huh. Wow. I love how polite though. I just I didn't want to stare. Yeah, so yeah. I make I them just, uncomfortable. You know, whatever. They're already dead. They have probably problems. I just anyway. took my hat and said, "How do you do?" And when was this? Was this recently? Or? It, um, it's been a little while okay. since it happened. But mm-hmm. I did also read online that it, when you take a shower, you're supposed to ask for privacy. So I've been doing Ooh. it. Wow, since. it is Coco. Wow, he's <laughs> got the place fired up. Yeah, okay, no, I shouldn't say that. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. We might pull and if you don't, uh, it cut defaults that. to uh, the audience. Now, hold on a second. So, in other words, so if you're in a house that may or may not be haunted, before you take a shower, you have to ask uh, the cosmos for present for uh, privacy. That's what I read, and it honestly makes sense. Uh, in what way? Like if okay, if you were a ghost, yes. and you were in a house, <laughs> and if you thought that person might have been kind of good looking, uh, okay. You might be a little off, yep. messed up, and be in the bathroom. Curved out, yes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I see. And then if you ask the privacy, the ghost will in the shower with me. Huh. Right. Wow. This went down a road, didn't it? Um, so it sure did. the ghost, <laughs> I definitely would not, uh, you know, go along with what your request would be. I think, as being a ghost, I deserve now to be able <laughs> Any, to see you can, yes. parts of the world I haven't seen for a long time. Get away with it. Wow. You know, we can start the Man. show over. Should we just start over? What time is it? Ten I, minutes. I shower in my track suit, so I, nobody, you know. <laughs> I have a bathing suit on personally. So, so anyway, so, um, hmm, okay. So I don't polite, think everybody's though. afraid of ghosts. I think, that, you know, why are ghosts tend well, to be on the scary well, side? because you they're know, dead. Friendly ghosts that, hey, you know, they're, they're like buddies. They, you know, you can share your nachos with them and everything else, watch TV. Wow, okay. And they're just there, you know? If you say so. Why does be a foreboding uh, situation? Uh, as long as they're not flipping channels. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You okay. know, I, I live across from a cemetery. Yes. And uh, one time I walked into my kitchen and a bunch of the drawers were open, which I did not open. But it turned out it was my cat. Uh-huh. Heel yeah. jumps up on the edge of the drawer and for his weight, it, it slowly pulls out and he gets in that one and gets up on the next one. Huh. You know, the counter in like no time. Didn't they you got sound... those drawers that open really easy and then when you push but, it in, uh, it kind of goes Apparently, I'm going to have to put duct tape on them or something or some kind of <laughs> child locks or something. Didn't these cats but have when... fleas earlier? Didn't they have fleas a couple weeks ago? Yeah, and and uh, the fleas are back, by the way. Oh, really? Okay. Most kittens get fleas, though. That's, yeah, but... that's super common. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, another reason they're disgusting little animals. So, uh, all right, thank you, uh, So, uh, what we're going to do later on? So, we're going to tonight. We're going to talk about um, UFOs and angels. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of stories that uh, I came across uh, where it, you know where people have seen things, and it could have been an angel, it could have been a UFO, it could have been some kind of a mixture, things like that. Um, they're kind of entwined in a way. And then uh, later on tonight, we're going to have a visit from my friends up there in Edmonton, Canada. Uh, Kim and Sarah Shea, and they have the get ready for this, kids. The top four weirdest YouTubes of the month. Ready? This is a this is the first time we've ever tried this. Maybe the last. Top four we, weirdest YouTubes of the month. We're going to put up the links on um, you know when we put the podcast up and so on. So when people are listening to the show, they can actually click on these things. Now, Kim is a friend of ours um, from Edmonton. He's a very interesting guy. His wife is also. Uh, a very uh, interesting person and uh, obviously has a lot of patience with him. But he sends me the weirdest YouTubes, just links. I, I could spend all day watching them. Instead, I said, why don't you just come on the show and do it? So he'll be joining us uh, later on. So, But, however, we do have two things, other two more things. First of all, we have a top ten list, which Raven has. And then uh, in a segment coming up shortly, we're going to announce the winners of the uh, God Satellite free giveaway um, book contest. The God Satellite is uh, book three in Codeman Starman. Codename Starman, if you get it right. The God Satellite by Mac Maloney. On sale in bookstores everywhere and on Amazon.com. So we're going to be uh, announcing a bunch of winners out of the Magic Fishbowl, which we send via Federal Express to Raven uh, this week. So uh, I'll tell you what, Raven, why don't we do the top ten and uh, hopefully get them in a good mood at least. Okay, that sounds good. All right, I have... Top 10 reasons Juan Juan is not going trick-or-treating this year. Top 10 reasons why Juan Juan is not going trick-or-treating this year. Oh, boy. Okay, you All ready? Right. Start the music. Start the music. Uh, number 10. The first time Club met him, he said, hey, Juan Juan, nice mask. And JJ has never gotten over it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Nice mask. <laughs> Next, please. Number nine, the 2019 Salem, New Hampshire Market Basket Kit Kat incident. Remember that? He does. Uh, number okay. eight. Top 10 reasons why one-on-one is not trick-or-treating this year. Please, go on. Uh, the 2016 Farmer's Kitchen Swimsuits in October incident. <laughs> that he remembers. <laughs> Next, please. Yeah, that was a good one. Yes. <laughs> Uh, number seven, he let Switchy borrow his Prince Andrew costume, sticky bears included. Yuck. <laughs> wow. So That's it. For any of our listeners we had left in England, that was it. Okay, next, please. Raven, top 10 reasons why Juan Juan is not trick or treating this year. Number six, uh, the train from Ireland arrives late that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, how it is over there. Next, yeah. please. The bridge is off and out. Yeah, that's the bridge problem. is also up a lot. Yep. Uh, number five, uh, the October 2018 Starboard Galley Pumpkin Martini Incident. <laughs> Case still pending. You don't remember that because we don't. carried you out. Okay. No, you got to share some of these things. Oh, We're sort no. of ignorant. Here. We got video. I'm hung up on the pumpkin martini. That, that makes me want to vom. Yeah, well, enough. that's what happened. Exactly. That was the beginning. Where are we in the list? Uh, four, I think. Okay. But this is the top 10 reasons why Juan Juan is not trick or treating this year. Number four, uh, he's already got enough X-lax and razor blades. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, 
right, number I'm, three. I remember that was a thing. Switch is holding his head in his hands. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what they did in Cambridge. Yeah. And next. <laughs> uh, number three. All the British... Wow, this is a tongue twister. All the British witches, ghosts, and goblins are on strike that week. But the next thing, don't they go on strike by week over there or something? Just about. Trains are going to be on okay. strike October 1st and 2nd. And oh, that, oh, by uh, days. Okay. okay. The barristers were on strike a while ago. Oh, yes. Yep. Because they were complaining that, that a barista makes more makes more money than a barrister. Hmm. Wow. Quite a slogan. And a barrister is what? A lawyer, right? Over there? That's right. And the barista makes your coffee. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Who's more valuable? Please, next. <laughs> uh, number two. He would need Raven there dressed like Lily James for emotional support. He's <laughs> <laughs> going down the road with the big bag of candy. I think if Raven just dressed as Raven, that'd be all the support. That would take, that's all it takes. <laughs> Good for you. Okay, and finally. Uh, you want to say it? You want me to? <laughs> you at number one now or what? Number one. Number one. Finally. Number one reason Juan Juan is not trick-or-treating this year. The idea of eating someone else's jelly beans disgusts him. <laughs> okay. Do they get jelly beans away on I, Thanksgiving? What? I don't know. I try to make it sound dirty, but you know, swing and a miss, maybe. So anyway, jelly bean uh, type treats or sweets, as they call them here, yeah. are jelly babies. Kind of a thing. They're a thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Do they trick or treat well, over there? Trick or treating's a thing. I really should ask around. Do they have Halloween you, uh, over there? They should. Yeah. I mean, uh, but they don't. You can do the top ten uh, haunted uh, places right in this town. Yeah, but do kids go around in bags getting candy and you know? I don't, I don't know. I'll have to ask some of the locals. Mm. Halloween was a thing in Harry Potter, and that, that yeah, they must have it. Okay, just yeah. saying. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you should check before you go some out. Scary costumes over there. They, they go as Americans. They, oh, wow, <laughs> switchy. Anyway, uh, they're so, already geared up for Christmas. They call it the festive season. I saw. I, I saw Christmas, Christmas, but yeah, I saw Christmas ad the other day on the news. So it was the middle of about September nineteenth. <laughs> anyway, why don't we take a um, why don't we take a commercial break now, and uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Back Mommy's Military Show show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. The whole gang is here, so please stay tuned. Imagine if there was a super secret satellite in outer space that could read your thoughts and alter your reality. Imagine if the U.S. government had no knowledge that this satellite even existed. Now imagine if such a powerful weapon fell into the wrong hands. In the latest adventure of Mac Maloney's best-selling detective series, codenamed Starman, Lieutenant Chris Starr of the Navy's X-Files team is given his strangest case yet. Track down the ghost of a rogue Navy SEAL who holds the secret to the God Satellite. Once again, teamed with beautiful Irish detective Maura McCann, Starr finds himself looking for clues from the streets of Rome to a mysterious snow-covered mountain in Arizona to Africa's forbidding skeleton coast. And finally, in outer space itself. But it's only when he realizes a secret vision in the desert points right back to where the case started does Star finally learn what the God Satellite is really about. That's the God Satellite, codenamed Starman, book number three by Mac Maloney, on sale on Amazon and in bookstores everywhere. And listen to Mac's show to learn how you can win a free copy.
Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Milletrax, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me very quickly introduce you to the members of the Posse Girls. The very famous one was here. The very famous one one is here. Hello, Mac. Okay, all right. <laughs> Takes a while for the voice to go across the portal, obviously. Sorry. All right. No Am I tape delay? Is that what's going on? It must be. A, Hello, Mac. A seven-second delay is probably a good idea. anywhere, as a matter of fact. Good idea with you. Uh, no Coco tonight. He's out saving the world, but Switchblade is here. Switchy. Great to be here. Uh, Club is here. Willie Club is here. Hi, Mac. Hi, Posse. Great to be here. <laughs> Raven, is, Raven is here. Hello, my friends. <laughs> and also joining us tonight is the mysterious Ashley G. Ashley. Guys, so we are here, and we are uh, uh, coming up later on tonight. We're going to be talking about angels and UFOs, and they're going to have a, a visit from our friend Kim Shea, Kim and Tara Shea, up in Edmonton, Canada, uh, with the top four weirdest YouTubes of the month. Can't wait! But uh, you know, for the past couple of months, or it seems that way, we've been uh, having a contest where people could write in, uh, send us an email, and uh, have their name put in the magic fishbowl, and. Uh, the prize is an autographed copy of The God Satellite, which is uh, book three in the Codeman Starman. Now, what is it? Codename Starman series. Wow. Written by Mac Maloney on sale everywhere. So, uh, Raven, you have the magic fishbowl in front of you, right? I have it right here. We sent it out by Federal Express. Now, here's the problem. She, the, all the names of uh, all the people who uh, wrote in uh, are in the magic fishbowl, and there's um, you know an untold number of them. The problem is with the fishbowl because its magic gets hacked every once in a while. So stand by in case that happens. So uh, Raven, without further ado, let's announce uh, the five or six winners to an autographed copy uh, copy of the God Salon. Please, Raven. Hey, I have Den Martin of Springfield, Missouri. Mm. I think we have to clap for every single one of these, please. Gotta be good somewhere. Okay, all right, then. All right, thank you. Congratulations. Next, please, Raven. Next, we have Sherry Hoey. Hoey? Mm-hmm. Yukia, Yukia, California. And Sherry Hoey, yeah, out in California. Yes, please. We are going to sweeten this up. Switch isn't clapping his drink. Uh, next, please, this is for a uh, free autograph copy of um, Codename Starman, The God Satellite. Please, Raven. Next, I have Theodore Balls No More. From wise-ass Maine. Wow, okay, hang on. No, I'm just Good job, Theo. Where? <laughs> Teddy got into the fishbowl. Yes, Teddy hacked in the fishbowl. Th- Theodore balls no more. Come on, wait. Come on, keep up, please. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Next, please, Ray. Next, I have Sharon Sharon of Westville, New Jersey. Oh, yeah, okay. Good fan. Yep. Okay, good. Go on, please. All right. Next, I have Bob... Your worst dream come true, my the ghost, W-E-X-E-S-M, Exeter, New Hampshire. Oh, you, can't, you can't say <laughs> You can't say that. Come on, let's go. Oh, I can't say that? No. Um, I don't think so. Bob the ghost hacked into the magic fishbowl. He must be rushed. Please, let's move on, Ray. Uh, next, I have Curtis Griffin, Golston, Kentucky. Okay, all right, Kentucky. Curtis. Yes. All right. Next, I have Dan and Susan Coppola of Stoneville, North Carolina. Right. Yes. Okay. Our friends down there. Yes. Uh, The next one I have Chris Quintero, Somewhere on Earth. Somewhere on Earth. Good place to be. Okay. All right. So those um, listeners are going to get an autographed copy of The God Satellite, which is the third book in the Code Man. No. Oh, man. Hold on. All right. 
Dude, but we're leaving all series. these in. This is great. You're going to have to check with your ghostwriter. Yeah, 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 no, maybe story. he knows. Um, yeah, no, uh, okay. Uh, so um, all of those listeners are going to get an autographed copy of um, The God Satellite, which is the third book in the series uh, Codename Starman by Mac Maloney on sale everywhere and on Amazon. So, uh, but we had such an overwhelming response. Uh, you know, to the contest, people writing into the Magic Fishbowl that the publisher um, was nice enough to provide us some more books. And this book is, um, so this list we're going to um, read off now. These people are going to get a copy of the second book. I got to say this again. The second book in the series called Codename Starman uh, by Matt Maloney. This is called The Sea of Moons, The Sea of Moons. So um, what do we have a list of about three or four, four or five people there, Rafe? Uh, more than that, but yeah. Um okay. I have a Henry Welch. Mm-hmm. I have Vic Gaines. Vic Gaines. Dan Carlson. Uh, Valerie Mutchler. Keith Nasseri. Richard Silver. Julie Mahan. And Richard Yeager, all from Earth. Okay, let's please give a round of applause. They'll be getting an autographed copy of The Sea of Moons, book two in uh, the series Code Names Diamond. On sale everywhere. And on Amazon and bondsandnoble.com. So, well, okay, then we're fine. Smith up here in the UK. Excuse me? Oh, what's the name w. of that place? Yeah, that, what is it, A. Smith? W.H. Smith. Yeah, they're a huge distri- dis- distributor over there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. Thank you for everyone uh, writing in for uh, the God Satellite Magic Fishbowl contest. And uh, we'll be right back after this. We've all heard of Area 51 the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54, 54. How about Tonopah Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Mac Maloney's Military Stuff Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, we'll show we have for you tonight. Very quickly, I'll tell you who's here. The very famous Wamo is here. Hello, Mac. Switchy. Welcome back, everybody. Switchy is here. Uh, yes, and it's great to be here. Willie Club is here. Uh, yes, it's great for me to be here, too. Mm-hmm. I enjoy this. Raven is here. Hello. Thanks for having me. And also the mysterious Ashley G is joining us tonight, Ashley. 
Hi again, everyone. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking about a little bit about uh, UFOs and angels, or just how angels sometimes interact uh, with people in just the strangest way and at the strangest times. And I just kind of remember this from a couple, from a few years ago, from a book I wrote. And these are two of the kind of craziest angel stories I've ever heard. So we've, we've talked about this one before. In August of 1914, at the start of World War I, there was a huge German army coming out of Germany to attack France. And then there was a British, um, a, a, a not-so-huge British army there to meet them. And they happened to just kind of um, run into each other head-on. Uh, this is in the opening weeks of the World War I. They ran into each other head-on in a Belgium village called Mons, M-O-N-S. And what happened basically was that they had the British, even though they were, they were the smaller force, fought the Germans to a standstill. And people, and it, and it kind of was a you know, propaganda boost for the people in England because everyone just assumed they were going to lose the war. So this went on for a couple of days where the Germans didn't get, gain any ground and so on. And then um, they basically kind of retreated and regrouped. And it wasn't really a victory, but it wasn't a big defeat for the British either. So the story started drifting back that the reason that the British actually won the battle was that at the height of it, that people saw uh, angels come out of the sky and start fighting on the British side uh, and, and actually shooting German soldiers with arrows and so on and so forth. Now, you know, a lot of people took this with a grain of salt, let's say. Uh, it, it appeared in a lot of newspapers as fact. It appeared in a number of religious newspapers in England as fact. Uh, and and um, people actually said that they saw German soldiers that had arrow wounds in them and so on. So this went on for the almost the entire war, people believing that this actually happened. And it's one of these things, well, you know, there's a lot of evidence on one side that it didn't happen. But there are some, you know, kind of compelling, I guess, uh, eyewitness accounts saying that it did happen. A lot of people just assume that it was the, um, uh, the, the British Secret Service or the British Intelligence Services basically feeding false stories, fake news to uh, the newspapers to uh, get people's, um, you know, uh, get their patriotic fervor up and, and give them like give them a propaganda boost. Who knows? But that's the Angel of Mons. There's been entire books written about this incident. And then there's another one where, um, so in 1931, the Japanese uh, actually started World War II in 1931 when they invaded China. So uh, they were they were just kind of ransacking and just rampaging over China and bombing undefended cities and so on. So there was this missionary, his name was Charles Kimba, and he was living in China at the time, and he was kind of seeing this. And he got two letters from um, uh, a person that he knew who was Japanese and another person who was Chinese. The person that was Japanese described this falling event. A Japanese pilot had been ordered to lead his bomber group against an undefended, undefended Chinese city. As the bomber formation approached its target, the lead pilot saw what he described as, quote, a multitude of angels with drawn swords blocking his way to the target. Um, it's interesting to note that uh, in religion, the traditional religion of Japan, Shintoism, does not have any angels. It does not contain any angels or stories of angels. At first, the pilot thought that he was seeing an unusual cloud formation and continued leading his bombers onward. But as he drew closer, so many of the apparitions filled the sky that he was reluctant to go through them. So he turned around and headed back to the base along with the rest of his formation. He was later executed for disobedience. This is where he really gets weird. The second letter the missionary received that day described the exact same incident, the bombers, the angels, and the dramatic retreat, but this time was told in great detail from witnesses on the ground. So there were actually people in the year who saw this and people on, on the ground who actually saw this, you know, I don't know, an army of angels training back Japanese bombers, I don't know, but strange enough, angels and UFOs. So Switchy, you probably have better stories than I do. Well, I, I, I started a... Uh a two-volume book, uh, set of books by uh, Joshua Gutchen. He's a great researcher. He's written books on uh, 
sort of a follow-up to Jacques Vallée's Passport to Magonia, where he talks about uh, modern-day UFO experiences and uh, folklore of the uh, of the elementals and fairies. Uh, he's done uh, another two-volume set on, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, uh, the high strangest aspects of Bigfoot called "Where the Footprints End." He's he's got one. I've just just barely started uh, another two this other two-volume set called "Ecology of Souls," where he explores the uh, UFOs and death. Um, he uh, Whitley and Ann Streber, of course. Uh, we know about Whitley from Communion and so forth, but they received thousands of letters from people uh, about their abduction experiences, their close encounter experiences. At one point, Ann Streber wrote, this has something to do with what we call death. And when I, I started to go into the book, uh, Cutchen reminded me, he quotes uh, uh, John Keel. Uh, John Keel said that a New York psychiatrist once asked him, if he had ever heard of deceased people appearing in flying saucers. And uh, he, he told he told Keel how a young patient, he was a teenage boy, claimed to have witnessed a UFO landing and was uh, astonished to see his late father emerge from the object. And Keel said the, or wrote that the psychiatrist knew nothing about UFOs and assumed the whole thing was just a fantasy. Actually, according to Keel, he had collected hundreds of similar reports, although they're usually ignored by the hardcore believers in extraterrestrial spaceships. Um, one of the uh, in uh, in the communion letters where Whitley and Ann Streber collected a whole series of uh, um, uh, of reports from people. And I, I highly recommend that book. I mean, these these experiences are just bizarre. And sometimes when people write letters, it's not it's not super detailed. So you don't get as much information as you'd want. But he did this one uh, report. He has several uh, cases in there that deal with death. And one is where this uh, a lady, uh, she uh, had this child in 1968. Uh, a few years later, they were driving out west and there was some kind of a light or something uh, uh, overhead. And this child was aware. I mean, she even called it a spaceship. And then the mother felt like she had been lifted, whether it was out of body or whatever, through the windshield. And she's in this craft. Uh, communicating with these very tall beings it was a very positive experience and so forth and uh and then but but when she got back when she when when the experience was over uh, her child was very freaked out by it well sometime later her child woke up one day and was crying and said that the the space people told her that she was going to die and because there was some kind of bugs in her that they couldn't heal her from i mean oh. this is just bizarre oh. so she she had her uh, I, actually the child did get very ill I, I forget the it, it was misdiagnosed and then it was some kind of some kind of a cancer and, and it's really tragic I mean this this little girl dies and then sometime later a friend of hers has this bizarre encounter she she uh, she says I've got to talk to you and she they they meet and this woman who was a friend uh, had an experience where the the rooftop seemed to melt away. And these tall aliens came to her. They had their little girl, their her little girl, her friend's little girl, with her, according to her. And they said they couldn't get home. Like some for some reason they couldn't contact the mother, so they were sending the message to her and wanted her to know that her daughter was fine huh. and was with them. I mean, this is just crazy yeah, stuff. Really. So the woman, now the woman knew, knew nothing about the UFO experience. So when she got together, this woman did tell her. I mean, she hadn't told anybody about the previous experience where she felt like she'd been lifted out of the car. Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, it's hard to know what to make of these things. Yeah, but yes, yes. Apparently, there are many, many. Uh, I mean, you, you get the angelic encounters uh, later on if you want. I can. Uh, I have talked about it before. I, I have an encounter, sort of a angelic or protective encounter with what we think of as men in black mm-hmm. that a woman told me about. Uh, we can do that uh, now or later if you want. But uh, see, there a, are I, there's many crossovers. Right. In, in, yeah. in, you know, we we want these things to be nice nuts and bolts spaceships from Alpha Centauri mm-hmm. and be very separate from some of the other psychic phenomena. But there's so much bleed over in this stuff. It seems like in the 50s, maybe I'm wrong, but in the 50s, it doesn't seem like uh, whoever uh, these visitors were, were more spiritual than they were than they are these days. More angelic back then than now. <clears throat> Switching. Um, sometimes they were, you know, if you go back to the uh, uh, APRO, the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, the Lorenzans were the first ones to to really collect these landing cases where people would see some kind of a humanoid or entity mm-hmm. nearby. Um, uh, a lot of those were just, uh, there wasn't much of an encounter. They would just see them. They'd go back in the craft. A lot of times it was almost like it was staged or something because mm-hmm. it appeared like there was some kind of problem with the craft and, and these little guys are repairing it at the last minute and then they take off. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit like uh, Lonnie Zamora in Socorro, New Mexico in the mid-60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was uh, it, it was sort sort of a it was sort of a paradigm shift once we learned about Betty and Barney Hill mm-hmm. and they had their abduction experience and their missing time. Uh, I mean, there were other cases that just hadn't surfaced, but then we started hearing about you know abductions. Uh, people uh, sometimes you you would hear about people getting a ride on a spaceship, and I'm not necessarily talking about the contactees. Mm-hmm. Some of their stories were pretty fanciful, mm-hmm. but these uh, but the uh, the unscheduled medical exams without uh, oh. uh, copay, deductible, <laughs> and uh, you know any good prescriptions afterwards. I mean, oh. it would have been all right if they had some good drugs, you know. <laughs> but, drink, uh, not even a referral. A drinks a yeah. dinner. So listen, but anyway, but but isn't there a strange thing, Club? You would know this. I mean, in a way, angels and um, you know being some UFOs could be mistaken. You know, they both come down from out of out of the blue, and they both do miraculous things. I'm talking about over history. Yeah, I, you know, and it, when it comes to the Strebers book, and I followed Whitney Whitley and his wife for years, and I read that book, I I didn't get that those were considered to be angels. A lot of the things that those people had contact with the uh, didn't seem like they're very angelic, at least yes. as far as what I consider angels. Mm-hmm. Now, my position on angels is I I believe in um, guardian angels. Mm-hmm. That you know whether they're family members who have deceased, and they're out there to protect you. I, but that you'll never see them. You know, you'll never mm-hmm. see them. You'll never feel them. But you you just know they're there. So you know, again, so the angels and the UFOs. I'm having a real problem with that. And uh, but you give me a guardian angel, I can talk for hours about that. But uh, what's that movie that we uh, we were talking about uh, about a month ago? It's called City of Angels. With um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a real cool movie. It's called like a non-religious angel movie. Right. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Wow. So, um, Raven, you have an angel story from your family. I do. Um, and this is this is pretty good, uh, but from Club's point, um, I heard this story when I was a little kid because we always used to um, play ice hockey when the, the ponds would freeze over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mom told me that when, you know, I mean, we were maybe like 10 and um, – she was playing when she was around that age and she fell through the ice and, you know, was like, it's, you know, if you've ever fallen through the ice, like it just sucks you right under and you have to get through that little spot again. Mm-hmm. And like, she remembers thinking like, this is it. Like I- I'm going to die here. And 
remembers like this warmth and seeing an angel. Mm. Like that's the only way that she was able to describe it. Mm. And she says that it pulled her out. Really? Yeah. And she doesn't know what it looked like, but it was just her description, like not like description, but um, it's, it's the only thing that she could possibly think that mm-hmm. that was, was her guardian angel watching her back and getting her out of that. Um, and she was okay. I know she had like, um, like a big cut on her arm from like, when she fell through it, the uh, ice cut her arm and mm-hmm. that was it. Like, I think she might've gotten sick, but um, mm-hmm. she was fine. And I always think of that story because I, I'm not a religious person by any means, but I do agree with club and where you do have somebody that watches over you. I think that it's more of a family member. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that in, in times of, you know, extreme need, you can see them and you can feel them. And I think that that's a really good example of what happened that day. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, in, there's also kind of like, you know, a, uh, a um, like a crossover of angels and ghosts too, you know, angels and ghosts could be, what is one of them calling me right now, could be, um, you know, one of the same thing. Uh, it's something that we just don't uh, kind of understand, you know. I've, I've never had an experience. Angels are around us all the time. I've never had and an experience always, of. They don't always intervene when you, wish they would intervene right but they seem to uh, be present and participate when you least expect it and then when you you think about it for a while I say wow I'm glad that happened I think that was uh, in our case uh, with Eileen and I it's either Archangel Michael or Archangel Gabriel Gabriel is always uh, sort of whispering in your ear saying do this do that you know oh. make, make this decision or or think about it not necessarily making the decision for you, but giving you some relevant information to help you make the decision. Mm-hmm. As you know, Gabriel is the uh, angel of uh, communication. Yes, it really didn't know that. And uh, he's the one that said it to everybody. Hey, Jesus is coming, you know. Oh, I see. So he's the uh, communicator. So he's with the trumpet and everything else. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. And Michael seems to be at the right place at the right time. Hmm. And he's. Sometimes uh, in, in certain encounters, it's, there's a uh, almost a, uh, a spiritual or angelic presence. Uh, uh, Alan Godfrey, who uh, was a, the police officer in Todd Morton in England back in 1980, had a famous encounter. And the, uh, the I mean, there were these these guys around there that might have been grays or something like that. They were they were so hideous that Alan couldn't even look at them. But the guy that seemed to be in charge called himself Yosef, and he's wearing these long white flowing robes. And he kind of carried himself like a, uh, oh, I don't know, certainly like the guy in charge. But uh, mm. and uh, but there's there's a lot of times in these things there's a tall presence. Sometimes it's a tall gray. Sometimes if you if you go back in the fairy folklore, there's the fairy queen or the tall uh, uh, elemental that seems to be in charge of everybody. So you kind of get some of these these strange patterns. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Ashley, ever see either a ghost or an angel? Um, I haven't, but I've had this internal debate in my head ever since you told the story with um, World War One. Mm-hmm. I think it was all the angels, and I'm like, but were they angels? Because I feel like they're supposed to be like good. Mm. See, that's what you're yeah. they're killing people. They're killing people. Yeah. See, that's why a lot of people think, and I'm, I'm sure the, 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 it's a great chance that this is actually a story that was planted by the British propaganda uh, service, which is well known for doing stuff like this. But what surprised a lot of people was, uh, and, and that's uh, a lot of people, the question came to their mind is if they're supposed to be angels, you know, why are they killing people? What, why would they be on one side and not the other? And um, 
Um, but they, what was surprising about this is that, um, you know, unlike other stories that would show up in the British press back then, was very tabloidish, and they are now. Um, this one really kind of stuck around, and it, and it got mixed up in the paranormal world, and that's why there's been, you know, books and so on, uh, you know, written about it. Yeah, you know, the Angel of Mons, but, um, you know, once again, it's one of those things. You know, who knows, really? I wonder if, like, the paranormal and angels and like UFOs and aliens, cryptids. All of those things, like what if those all hold hands together mm. and we're we're looking at this all broken up into their own like subcategories. But I mean, who knows if, you know, we're dealing with something that's, you know, because if you're going, I'm, I'm thinking immediately to like supernatural. Mm-hmm. All of those worlds are, are connected mm-hmm. and, and they're, you know, everyone knows of each other, um, except really the human beings. Um See, but but, but yeah, it makes you think. But you're right because all through history, um, you know, uh, certainly in the Bible too, is that people have have seen all right through recorded history. They've seen ghosts, and they've seen angels. Okay, and then as we got a little bit more into the modern era, they started seeing people, you know, from craft that come out of the sky. Actually, you know, those three things are they could almost be interrelated because they do the, the same things. You know, they they have kind of miraculous powers. You know, as I said, they came from the sky and so on. And uh, you know, these things always seem to be like kind of tied up in these things, kind of tied up in the religious aspect aspect of it. In fact, Brian Eno is going to be on. I always say Brian Eno, pa- Brian Eno, famous record producer. Paul Eno is going to be on sometime next month where he's going to tell us about angels. Where he was in the seminary for fifteen years or something and. He did a lot of research about angels and everything, and he said he he definitely believes that there's such things as guardian angels. He worked in a hospital for a long time, and he said there were things, you know, people just came back literally from the dead, and there was only, you know, there was no explanation for it other than some kind of a miraculous intervention or something else. You know? So those things are always kind of, yeah. you know, connected in a way, in a strange way, but they are. Hmm. Anyway, well, on that note, why don't we uh, take a break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hogs Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maroney's Mill Track Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maroney. Well, what a show we have for you tonight. Very quickly, the very first one on is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, everybody. No Coco tonight, saving the world. Switchblade is here, though. I- I'm also saving the world, but I'm, I'm here. Doing it on your own. Uh, Willie Club is here. Willie? Hi, Mac. Hi, folks. Yep, great to be here. Raven hey, Club. Is here. Good to see you. Our favorite good witch, Raven, is here. Hello. And also joining us tonight. <laughs> Is the mysterious Ashley G. Ew. <laughs> Better. Okay, so we're at that point in the show where uh, there's the biggest skew of the show, and that is uh, everyone wants to know, um, before Switchy gets into uh, a segment about an angelic man in black episode, um, because we're talking about angels and UFOs tonight. So, uh, but the world wants to know, Switchy, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Okay, I've, this is something I've never had before. Cool. Not for breakfast or, or elsewhere. So this is a uh, quite a milestone. Cool. Now, this morning, I did have my, my usual a couple cups of hot black coffee. Yes. Right? But I also had two Little Debbie mm. fall party cakes. <laughs> oh, wow. Fall party cakes. Now, you can't, <laughs> apparently, you can't eat them in the summer or the winter. Interesting. But, uh, okay. Yep. Were they pumpkin Kind of, kind or of a white frosting, uh, <laughs> kind of a, a, a white cake or yellow cake. Yes, yes. And uh, I see Ravens making faces here. Yeah. It was delicious. We all they had, little, they had little sprinkles on it, you know, like mm. like Halloween colors, like orange and brown and, wow. and yellow and, you know. Mm. Okay, Switchy. Yeah. Taking a hit for the wow. show. Again. Cool. Hey, Switch, now that you're down south, uh, are you having grits for breakfast? Um, of course. No, I, had, uh, I have not. I've had uh, biscuits and gravy a few times. Oh, you yes. gotta have and, and, with them. and I've explained before, there, there's a place just up the street called Tudor's Biscuit World, and it's a chain around here. And their their biscuits are one-third the size of Nebraska. <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need to get the two-biscuit plate because you'll never fit them on your plate. Mm-hmm. But if you get one biscuit and a bunch of uh, sausage gravy, you're you're good. Yeah. We drove around one day, Lois and I, looking for a place that would have biscuits and gravy after you talked about it. And there's no place. We couldn't find a place in our, our little neck of... Um, North Shore, Boston. Farmer's Kitchen will do it by request. It's not on the menu. It's one of those things that uh, if you do ask for it, if they have the ingredients, they'll put it together. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any Cracker Barrels out there? Cracker Barrel or Bob Evans? Yeah, Cracker Barrels are around. Yeah, KFC has biscuits. They have a gravy and some stuff. You could probably get gravy for the chicken. So anyway, Switchy, thank you for that. And you have a story about some men in black who came across as angels. Is that right? Yes. Well, I, uh, several years ago, I was uh, attending a Michigan MUFON meeting, the Mutual UFO Network. And uh, they uh, they used to have uh, 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 meetings where, uh, where they'd have a speaker, but prior to that, they'd have brunch. And uh, the, the one of the, the, the most fun parts about it is you would sit around and talk to people at your table, and we'd, we'd just talk about different aspects of the paranormal, but you'd hear some very interesting stories. Well, one time, this uh, little, little uh, elderly lady uh, we were talking, I guess, about the man in black. And she said to me, do you want to hear my man in black story? Now, when somebody asks you if you want to hear their man in black story, you say yes. So this was several years ago. This is probably back in the 60s. She and her husband had just been married. And they uh, they were in Vegas. And they were hitchhiking. They just didn't have much money. They were picked up by a black car. Inside were two men dressed in dark suits with uh, black fedoras. And uh, knowing that some of the men in black uh, are a bit odd looking sometime, I asked her about that. And she said, no, they look very normal. Now, she did offer one one uh, a thing that I didn't ask about that is uh, not well known in MIB lore. 
she said the the dashboard was very strange it had all kinds of of like electronic lights on it and flashing lights and so forth there are a couple of uh incidents alleged incidents where people have reported that kind of a feature in uh, in these cars also i asked her if it was a black cadillac because because so many of these are associated with that and she didn't really know what type of car it was so they drove them along where they wanted to go they got to the point where they wanted to be let out and they stopped and one of the men turned around and said you know we think that you should wait a while and then they both fell asleep they woke up a little bit later they don't know how much time passed and they thanked the men and they left. It was afterwards, they, they thought about how strange this all was and, and how, how was it they just went along with this. But they walked a short distance to a, 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 a thrifty motel and they walked in and the proprietor, the, the guy behind the desk, just about fell over. He said, well, it's a good thing you guys didn't get here any earlier. And she said, well, why? It turned out that another couple from out, out of the area had robbed a store. Now, they didn't look exactly like them, but they were dressed similarly and could have easily been mistaken for this couple. But they had already been apprehended by the police. So the the uh, these people, whoever they were, uh, because they were delayed, they avoided this this uh, terrible circumstance. Now, we've all heard stories of angelic intervention, you know, an individual or a group of people. Uh, they're in dire straits. A mysterious stranger shows up and helps them out of their difficulty. Mm-hmm. And before they know it, that person's not there anymore. But, you know, evil, rotten, sneaky, UFO, witness silencing men in black, you mm. know, and there's, and, and, you know, Preston Dennett in his book on, uh, I think it's 300 healings dealing with UFOs. He talks about an incident where some guy gets stuck on a road, a narrow road, and these men, these men in black, and they're kind of odd looking, help him out. They help him get his car righted or unstuck. And I can't remember all the details, but that's one of the ones that, but those are the only two incidents I know of where the, uh, you know, the, the so-called men in black are more like protectors or beneficial sure. rather than a, a uh, more of a, uh, a frightening uh, kind of a situation. There's a, there's a, a YouTube that was on, oh, I'm going to say a couple of years ago now, where um, there's an accident in a highway like out in Oklahoma or someplace. And the, like the dash cam of a truck that pulled over for it or something is going. And you can see some guy come out of the come out of the blue, literally come out of you know into the frame, and he he appears to be a priest. He looks like he's dressed like a priest, but it's blurry. And he pulls the person out of the car. You see him kind of kneel down and comfort the person a little bit. And by that time, other people have arrived, and then you know he's just gone. And uh, you know people there said, "Well, we didn't see him arrive in a car or leave in a car or anything." Yet there he is on video, kind of pulling the person out of the wreck, which is. Yeah, really kind of um, spooky, too. Pretty right? amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. That's huh? pretty common, Mac. You know, I've heard of different stories like that where people get in an accident and all of a sudden they wake up and they're out of the vehicle. It's mm-hmm. like went on fire. and But it seems to be like maybe there's some kind of a guardian angel of the highways. But, but why some people and not others, though? You know what I mean? Well, if you're good, maybe. You is that what it is? Oh, man. Oh, that ship sailed then, bro. <laughs> angels, angels are selective, or maybe there's just not enough of them to go around. Oh, see, they are. I mean, like, uh, you know, take myself as an example. I grew up in a religious family, and and never in a, never at once did I have a feeling that I had a guardian angel looking over me, ever. Mac, you're you Aquarius. More positive. We get that. Is that what it is? I'm Aquarius. That's yeah. the problem. Hey, no, I'm an Aquarius. And, yeah. Uh, what are you saying? I have completely different views on that. Yeah. Well, you're a different Aquarius, so you're born on a different day. <laughs> you're one of those. I went over this with you guys. <laughs> you're one of those. 
Wow. So uh, I'll tell you what, that, there's a very interesting uh, switch. Why don't we uh, take another really quick break right now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Baloney's Military Excel Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. It was really the, the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit HFOTUSA.org. I'll show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac and Morning. What a show we have for you tonight. Very quickly, I'm going to announce who's here. JJ is here. Switchy is here. Hey, I'm here, Mac. And you're there. Club is yeah, here. And I'm here. Club is here. I'm here. Raven is here. Hello. The mysterious Ashley G is here. I'm here. We're talking about angels tonight, angels and UFOs. And um, off here, we just talked about, hey, how about movies about angels? We talked about one, The City of Angels, with... Um, Oh man, that guy, the crazy guy's in it, but he's really good in it. Um, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, and the girlfriend is the is the girl who had a great career till she got plastic surgery. What was her name? Uh, she was in what, Meg what? Ryan. Meg Ryan, right? Oh yes. yeah, yep. right, yeah. And you know, she basically Sleep meets in C- Sleep Seattle. Is that what she was in? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah when yeah. Harry met Sally, that's yeah. when she had a good look. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then she went to plastic surgery, and but anyway. Um, you know, it's a non-religious movie about angels, and she meets her guardian angel, basically what it's about. But what's cool about it, just from a production point of view, is that as the story is going on, you kind of look, and, and in these very odd places, you just see these people. They don't look angelic, but, you know, they were, you can tell they're angels watching over people. I remember one, they're on a, a skyscraper, and they're right there on the very, very edge of the girder and stuff, and, and just kind of watching over people. It's just a kind of really nice touch to this movie. There's another movie called Angels Over the White House. And get this, in 1938, they made this movie. Now, this is right before World War II. And, um, you know, the, the, the problem was in Germany that the Nazis had taken over most of Europe and everyone knew that World War II was coming. So what happens is that an angel visits the president of the United States and he talks him into basically starting the war first and, um, you know, killing all the Germans and the Nazis and so on. Once again, a propaganda film. But can you imagine a film like that coming out now, the controversy that something like that would stir up you know there was one uh uh a very obscure one uh 1975 made for tv movie called the abduction of saint anne uh starring kathleen quinlan as saint anne a young kathleen quinlan and robert wagner and she starts uh her character starts manifesting the stigmata which is uh uh i'm sure you uh, 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 
uh, people that went to Catholic school can explain that better than I can. Well, let me just jump in. So what it is is when people, when, when there are people who are just super Catholics, I guess you could call it, is that um, they develop this um, situation where the, the wounds that Christ, you know, uh, had in his hands and his feet when he was nailed to the cross, they start manifesting them in these people. And, and they actually bleed, is that right? actually bleed, actually have the wounds, and they bleed and everything. And it's it's like the most incredible, you know, actual case of, uh, you know, mind over matter because they're doing it, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And Joni Mitchell, the famous singer, has a similar, um, you know, malady that we won't talk about now, but it's even really creepier. So that once again, that just shows you the power of mind over matter, that you can actually make yourself bleed in certain places on your body because that's what you think that, you know, Christ was— Nailed to the cross. That's just so strange. Basically, the, the places on your body were where the, the nails were inserted right. uh-huh. during the crucifixion. Right, yeah. Well, in this movie, she uh, she's abducted by some uh, by a, uh, a mobster, I guess, a criminal. Uh, and he wants, I think, if I remember the plot correctly, the idea is for, for her to... Uh, to pray for him. He's got all these uh, sins behind him that he's carrying, and he's hoping that somebody of this uh, spiritual, uh, at the spiritual level, can pray for him and help, uh, I guess, help him avoid the fiery, uh, the fires of hell or, or wow. something like that. Kind of a cheesy plot, but uh, pitch me, I, I always like Kathleen Quinlan, and uh, uh, it mm-hmm. was a, uh, just one of these uh, kind of a, a fluff movie, you know, back in uh, the old days. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You have to get it on. I think you have to get it on a bootleg. I don't think it's a. Uh, it's available. But uh, well, we were talking earlier too about. Um, there were very popular movies like that. People like uh, Bing Crosby was in the the Bells of St. Mary's. Um, uh, right also, with um, um, Ingrid Bergman, wasn't she? In yeah, that movie? Ingrid Bergman, and she plays um, a nun. And I mean, it's like it, it's funny that 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 the that they. I were, was in love with a nun when that movie came out. Wow, there's another <laughs> show. Look at. Oh yeah, you know that that they would make fantastic. movies, that, you know, specifically for Catholics. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's a it's an odd movie choice to make because this country has never been a Catholic country. Oh, that, but I think that it had a the, wide audience, though. I think uh, everybody had seen it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a big yeah big know, movie. Yeah. Hmm. What about yeah, the original like Bishop's movie. Wife? Oh right, Cary yeah. Grant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, was that about? Uh, yeah, and, he was uh, a bit. He wasn't a Catholic. He was a Protestant. Bishop. Right, but but uh, he uh, he he wants to. Uh, David Niven wants to be. He's a, a minister. He wants to build this great cathedral, and so he prays for guidance. And you see the light and everything. All of a sudden, there's Cary Grant standing there. And, and actually, you've seen Cary Grant before that. He he saves a a, a baby. A baby carriage gets starts running down the street and almost gets hit by a car. And you know he's just kind of there, just at the right time. Then he shows up. And he tries to tell David Niven he's an angel mm. and he's going to help him out with, with what he wants to do. But, you know, every time David Niven tries to tell somebody that he's an angel, he can't say it. So and then, of course, Loretta Young is married to uh, David Niven. It, it's very and Elsa Lanchester's in it. She plays one of the maids. Elsa Lanchester was mm-hmm. the bride of Frankenstein at, at some point in her career. Wow. But it's a uh, it, it really is a pretty good Christmas movie. And mm. uh of course, uh, Cary Grant. Uh, well, I won't tell you how it ends, but uh, what's that oh, movie? Geez, um, that was only about eighty years ago. He, he doesn't. <laughs> Don't spoil it for me. All right. <laughs> how about um, what's that stupid movie? They play it every year. It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, yeah. that guy he got an his wings. Got his wings. Nice the bell rings. Every time That's I right. see it, I think, uh, why didn't they just keep the gambling in the casinos and the bar rooms? Come on, that was the. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Pottersville. Was that looked like a fun place? <laughs> yeah. totally and, and that same little girl that uh, said, you know, every time, uh, what is it? Uh, 
a, a bell rings, an angel gets his whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. She Zuzu. was also in a bishop's wife. And Cary mm-hmm. Grant tells her the story of David. Hmm. So, so yeah. let's, it, was, it was fun to see her years later reminiscing about those two movies and what it was like as a as a young actor. Uh, yeah. And she, there was one time when she she blew her lines with, with with Jimmy Stewart, and he said, "Don't worry, dear, you'll get it right the next time." Hmm. And you know, one of my favorites was the original "Heaven Can Wait." Yes, right, the original Beatty. one. Yep, they yep. redid it a few years ago. It was nothing right. like it. Yeah, yeah, that was what a, good a what a cool movie that was. Hmm. You know, he wasn't supposed to die and all right. that. Right, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He was and, a baseball star or something. And Charles Grodin was, was hilarious in that. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's a fan. And who, who was the lady? Uh, uh, well, well, there were two ladies. There was uh, Julie, Christie Julie Christie and Warren Beatty, right? But then the... Uh, the uh, Diane I, I, Cannon. Yeah, Diane Cannon. Harry right. Grant's... Uh, wife. Yep. Wife. Huh. Wow. Well, listen, that's interesting. You know, we're going to be uh, welcoming in our friends from uh, Edmonton very soon, Kim and uh, Sarah Shea. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take yet another break? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Excel Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. So until you hear us next time, this is Mac Maloney for the entire gang saying, be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. Okay, the show's over. Hey, Cobra, where are we going to eat tonight? Well, gentlemen, what do you feel like? Chinese, Italian, sushi? How about we go where they have the best hamburger in the world? And where would that be, one one? Only the Starboard Galley. Starboard Galley? They're a great seafood place, but they're in Newburyport, and we're in Exeter. But they're only 20 minutes away down Route 95, and believe me, they have the best hamburger in the world. Let's go. Okay, boys, license and registration. Where's the fire? You clowns going to the circus? We're in a hurry just to get the best hamburger in the world. And where's that, Pally? That's the Starboard Galley in Newburgh. The great seafood place? Yes, but they make a great hamburger, too. And they start with the best people. Super fresh buns. Great toppings. Plus, it's only 20 minutes away from Exeter, 25 from Portsmouth. Not with a police escort, buddy. Light them up, Switchblade. Starboard Galley. They're here. That's the Starboard Galley, 55 Water Street, Newburyport. Great seafood and the best hamburger in the world. And tell them Juan Juan sent you. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. Very quickly, I'll tell you who's here. The very famous Juan Juan is here. You betcha I'm here. Switchy is here. Uh, yes, Club I is, am here. Club is here. Yeah, I'm here, and I think I got an angel on my shoulder right now. Is that what it is? <laughs> so, Raven I got is, some dancing ahead of a pin. What do you think about that? Raven is here. Hello, my friends. Also, the mysterious Ashley G is here. Actually. Hi guys. Uh, that's, that wasn't the War of the Roses or the Hundred Years' War in England fought because uh, two sides disagreed on how many angels could dance on the head of a pin. Yeah, <laughs> think about that. <laughs> that's what that's what they argued about back then. Imagine back that in medieval times. Thousands of people died <laughs> trying to figure well, that one out. Remember, in Animal House, Pinto had a at one point had a angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other. Yeah, I won't tell you what he was trying to wrestle with, uh, what what kind of decision he was going to make. But uh, anybody who's seen the film knows. 
Been no, 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 no. No, no. This is a, this is a, damn it, this is a family uh, a show. Yeah, for crying out yeah we're family. Yeah. No, I'm making believe yeah. I'm the, uh, the, the devil, the little devil creature on the one side. So, Club, uh, you have a report on what's uh, new with the uh, latest government investigation to the UFOs. Why don't we play your bumper right here? Reporting the latest in the U.S. military's new investigation into UFOs and what they still aren't telling you. It's time for the Club Report. And uh, tell us what's new or what's not new. All right. Well, just to give you an update, you know, as I reported back in November, the at that time we were pretty uh, excited that the DOD had a big announcement at that time that finally something was happening out there uh, in the world of uh, UFOs. They, at the time, announced the establishment of a, a new group, and it was called the Yearborn Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. That's a mouthful for sure. And at that time, you know, they got a lot of press. They were talking about how the DOD was going to sort of consolidate all of these different areas together. And, you know, because of TikTok and all of those uh, things that have been going on in the media, I think they were feeling the pressure, particularly Congress, because as far as this group was established, uh, when they announced this, they had members of Congress there Mm -hmm. who normally, as you know, in the old days, they would never appear with anything to do with uh, the extraterrestrials. So anyways, they had, uh, they had announced that group. They, uh, had a lot of plans about going out there and trying to identify these different uh, reports. Uh, a lot of investigation, as you know, a lot of Navy pilots recently are reporting uh, activity out there uh, that they couldn't identify and even on the ships. Right, true. So I, I think the pressure came on that they, uh, they need to do something rather than just talk about it. Right. And uh, so anyways, this, this got a lot of uh, uh, press. Um, but as you know, as I've reported month after month, uh, it was very disappointing. Nothing was going on. Uh-huh. You know, I'd, I'd keep checking in there, I'd look around. And, you know, after that big announcement that, you know, there was going to be all this stuff going on, nothing happened. So it got to the point that I think a lot of us felt that that was just for show. Here just we another, go again, you another know? smoke screen. Another smoke screen. Yeah, yep. another smoke screen. Wow, that's excellent. However, uh, in May, the uh, Congress got back together. And uh, with the DOD, and uh, they made some changes to that group. Uh, first of all, they renamed it, uh-huh. and it's now called the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. All right, and that's what? the acronym. What was called A-A-R-C- what? Wow. A A R O, the acronym. So they they made the acronym a little easier. But in in the uh, they had a big. This was another thing. Members of the House. In the Senate Intelligence Committee, or at the uh, meeting to announce this, um, and uh, basically said that uh, they're going to add, uh, they're going to expand the scope, um, and to include anomalous uh-huh. identified. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, huh. You know, they're staying with the uh, renaming UFOs. We no longer have unidentified flying objects. They're now UAFs, identified. Uh-huh. Um, so UAP, Identified Aerial Phenomena. So remember now, it's, it's UAP. So anyways, uh, a lot of these people stepped up, like I say, the Intelligence Committee. So let's see. The, the fact that 
they went ahead and they uh, made this major change by uh, by renaming it. And basically, I think they changed the reporting uh, on that, too. So uh-huh. uh, let's see what happens. Um, um, uh, they haven't sold me yet that they're really going to do anything. But the fact that, you know, six months after the first group was established, that they're now back out there again and again, senior uh, members of Congress on the Intelligence Committee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe they're, you know, sure, they're getting a lot of pressure on social media, but... There's a lot of other stuff going on, too, you know? Yeah, I think that's the other thing, you know, that, that they're seeing some things out there, and maybe they really want to get, get out ahead of it. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, that's what I hope. So, that's anyways, uh, I'm following it closely, and uh, hopefully I'll have something to uh, report back... Someday. ...in the near future. Thank you, I don't you, know Club. if anybody has any questions on on that thing. But. Club, I got a question. Are there yeah. in any danger of having their funding reduced based on the amount of, uh, or lack of, uh, well, uh, you know, Mac is always strong in that saying it. that they're just doing that to, to get funding and get a budget. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, it'll be, it'll, uh, people go you know, nuts we'll if that happens soon enough. Yeah. People but, go, people go crazy if they cut their budget. Cause then they'd say, wow, this really yeah. is a cover up, you know? Um, but again, you know, they, with the senior people that are part of this commission, yep. um, you know, maybe there's there's something happening here. It doesn't doesn't give any details about the budgets and you know if they're going to expand it or what they're doing. But right. again, the, the message is, you know, it's a new group and they're going to expand the scope and little different reporting lines. Yes. So uh, so we'll see. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Our friends from Canada have shown up. So why don't we take a quick break now? And um, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Militrax, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. British Secret Service. Hello, Money Penny. Hello, 007. How's your mission to steal the secret sex formula from Dr. Nodo, Lord? It'll be going fine. Ship from the two idiots headquarters ship with me. Hey, Mac, did Defolo Krampus just call us idiots? Yes, he did, one one. He's an ungrateful putz. Nice car, though. Yeah, and you know what? Now it's my turn. But if you drive, what am I going to do? I'll drive. You shoot the machine. So no way. I'm driving. To I'm just driving. license for you to drive. Oh, see what I mean, Money Penny? But James, we have to get the stolen formula from Dr. No-No before the big two-for-one sale. I'm on it, Money Penny. But I've got to rid myself of these two marshmallows first. Uh, uh-huh. I still have the red button, don't I? James, not the red button. Cobra, save us. Hello, gentlemen. And you, Mr. Pond. Oh, my God. Is that Commander Cobra? Jumping from a helicopter through the shuttle roof of my Ashton Martin? Well played, folks. What are you doing here? Besides rescuing my two friends, James, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to steal the cardio sex formula from Dr. No-No. All you have to do is go online and order it yourself. Then you'll have plenty of the new energy drink that can give you the extra endurance you need to get through. Please, Cobra, tell us why it's called sex. It's called SEX, or Strength Energy Accelerator. And it's easy to use. Just mix a scoop of water, shake it, not stir it. 30 minutes before you start your workout, and you'll find you can last longer and feel all around better about finishing your regime. Oh, my. And the mix comes in many different flavors. My favorite is Passion Fruit. Mine, too. Why, you little trollop. Hey, Mac, look at all these buttons. I wonder what they do. I don't know. Push one and find out. Not, not, not the, the big red, red one. No. Jeez, I hope he's wearing his rocket belt. Guess not. That's SEX Workout Dietary Supplement, available only through Cardillo USA. Visit CardilloUSA.com for more details about our big two-for-one sale. That's C-A-R-D-I-L-L-O-U-S-A.com. And get some sex today.
Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mildrex Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Bob, what a show we have for you tonight. Wawan is here. You betcha. Switch. I'm doing every minute of the show tonight. Switch is here. Club. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Okay, wow. Club is here. And paying attention as well. Yeah, I'm here too, but unlike Switch, I'm awake. Raven is here. Hello. Also, the mysterious Ashley G is here. Hi. Uh, joining us from uh, way up there in Canada, Edmonton, Canada, is our good friends Kim and Sarah Shea. Let's give them a round of applause, please. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Kim has been a friend. Nice of to be here. We're honored, of course, as you know. Been a friend of the show for a long time, and uh, uh, usually when I wake up and I open up my email every morning, Kim has sent me like the strangest, <laughs> strangest YouTube links that uh, are just unbelievable. Some of them just like really crazy. So we asked him and uh, Sarah, his wife, to kind of put together their collection, their favorite uh, YouTube, uh, YouTube uh, weird YouTubes of the past month or so. So thanks for joining us, guys. And please, Kim, take it away. First one. Well, I, I just like to say that they're not like really current, but the stories, okay. you know, they're 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 close to current. But I, I think the first story that kind of blew me away was uh, the story of giants. I think everybody's heard that story. And uh, there's a lady named Gladys Cortova, and she is in a place called Armistad, Peru, and she's taken some videos and different pictures of different lights on the mountainsides where they live. Now they live in a very mountainous area, at very steep slopes uh not very many trees around so seeing the mountain itself is uh quite visible uh she believes that uh there's possibly some kind of giants that live underground now she's based this on some of the videos that if that uh the link is there you can see these this one beam that seems to stride down the slope at a fairly good clip now if you look at it the slope is like fairly steep and I just kind of couldn't believe that. And I mean, the the size of the guy or gal, I would think guy, but maybe gal, is quite big. Now, the optical part of it, I'm not sure. But uh, when he gets to the top, he goes over the side of it and disappears. But as soon as he disappears, there's an orb that shoots in from about the one o'clock position down to about the seven o'clock position on the camera. And it's moving at a very high speed, but it almost coincides to where he went to. So she's just kind of putting it out there that maybe like back in the day, the ancient Peruvians were living underground. Maybe they still live there. And the story just kind of intrigued me because there's so many stories of mountain dwelling giants that people have seen. And you can watch there's some of the videos I've put them on actually on my YouTube guy there. But there's some other ones of different places in the world where people have seen these what appear to be like very, very tall people walking on the tops of these mountains mm. like climbers maybe um i'm not sure i'm i'm myself i was i've been intrigued by it but i mean i don't know my Strange. my dad hey, always kim, said there was giants kim maybe it's sasquatch have you thought of that you know if you look at it it's so thin the one the guy on that is so skinny he is like oh i'm kind of getting there but thanks mac um mm -hmm. you know <laughs> Oh, wow. look at Steve's cat. Steve's got a cat. Oh, all right. Enough of the cat. Okay. <laughs> no, story number two, please. Weird YouTube of uh, top four weird YouTubes of the month, please. Number two comes from uh, those two brothers from uh, <clears throat> Third Phase of Moon. Um, this, mo this film comes from a guy that is a Instagrammer, and he's got a follower. His name's Andy. He's from New York. This is supposed to be 2019. Um, he reached out 
to this gentleman, to the guys on Third Phase of the Moon, and gave them a file that he supposedly says is from a government archive. It's supposedly the original. And uh, the guys in, so this case comes from Homeland Security guys. It comes from some dudes that fly the RC-26 spy plane. It was at about two or three in the morning. It was out of Tucson, Arizona. And the camera is a FLIR camera, forward-looking infrared. And the length is about 20 minutes. Now, it doesn't really, you don't have to watch it for 20 minutes to get the idea of what it is, because they seem to just follow this thing along. And uh, it appears, they call it, I think they gave it the name rubber duck or ducky drone or something. But it has a very bizarre shape to it, which kind of intrigued me. And the shape seems to morph a little bit as it moves along. And that part kind of really intrigued me. And I just kind of, okay, that's an interesting one. Mm. But okay. Story number three. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Number three. Number three is a case of, I call it teleportation. I think everybody is uh, aware of a teleportation possibilities. But uh, there was a 27-year fireman veteran from Toronto whose name is Danny Philippides, Philippides. And for seven years in a row, he's gone to a place called Whiteface, New York, to go skiing with his friends. Uh, so they went there, and a very, very busy resort. And uh, it snowed a whole bunch. And they were skiing away, and it came about lunchtime, and Danny said uh, that he was going to keep skiing, and uh, so he did. And uh, he never ran into his buddies again through the day. They never saw him. They, get, they got to the evening where they thought possibly Danny would show up, but he never showed up. And then the search kind of ensued. Now, the search, I think, went on for two days that they searched the hill and the area never finding him or any even word or any anything about him. Not, nobody had seen him. Nobody was on the highway. It was absolutely bewildered that he just vanished. People were devastated. His wife was uh, sitting around a couple days later. She gets a phone call from an unknown phone number uh, from a very confused voice. And she he says her nickname to her and she kind of flinches and goes, oh, that's my husband. And then she's like, well, where are you? Where are you? Well, he was very confused. He didn't know where he was. It turned out that he was 2,800 miles away from New York, from Whiteface in Sacramento. Wow. Couldn't remember how he got there. And uh, the case has never really been resolved. He can't remember anything. Two and, days? I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever walked with ski boots on, but I but, mean, honestly, to walk 100 yards in ski boots is a workout. So I, so I don't know how he showed up in Sacramento when with he, ski when he, boots and all that stuff. When he got there, what was he wearing? His ski equipment. Really? Yeah. What the f- wow. But somehow he got changed and he got a cell phone and he got a haircut and he got clothes, Mac. No money on him and nobody knows how he got that either. So <laughs> I, I would say maybe dancing, singing on the street corner. I'm not sure, but well, that's a strange maybe, story. maybe a fireman stuff there. I don't huh. know, but it was a strange story that in the case that he's never, ever remembered since it's been years now. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Story so, number four. Number four is a story of, well, let's just say it's a story of weirdness. I'd say it's a time slip, maybe. It's a story of an Instagrammer again, it comes from. Uh, his name's Javier, Javier, and it's the last time I'm going to wreck this one. Hey, Raven, here we go. Unicoso Briviente. How's that? Perfect. Uh, one of his, he, he, put a bunch of videos out that saying that basically in 2021 March that he went into the hospital unconscious and then woke up and it was 2027. Mm. So yeah, it sounds like a crazy story, right? Mm. But as you watch his videos, he troops around and goes everywhere from everywhere from the, like that one place, which is called the Marquis de Dos, which I've, 
it's a it's a museum in Valencia in the center, which is full of artifacts. Well, he seems to walk around in there without having any kind of interaction with anyone, hmm. which is, and I mean, some people say he's using those lost apps that are, can take people out. Others say that takes a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of money to do, but it's just a very strange story. And to watch his videos is very intriguing. Does he consider himself a time traveler? Well, it, it appears that, you know, I think I would be an absolute hysterics running around, but he seems really calm about it all. Huh. I don't know. It's, really? it's like, I mean, his, his hands, you kind of see it from a first person perspective, but there are shots of his hands and they seem to change. So some people were kind of a, a little concerned that maybe, but huh. it's just, just a really weird story. That's strange, it's, yeah. It's a, yeah. Wow. Well, that's uh, very interesting. The top four strangest stories from the YouTube for the past month. Thank you, uh, Kim. And thank you, Sarah. She didn't speak very much tonight, Kim. Why? She's got headphones. Well, we have to get we got to figure out how to get her on. She's got no yes. headphones. So we were going to run two laptops, Mac. But uh, Oh, right. Oh, maybe we'll do I that next time. Okay. I, I, would that work? I wasn't too sure. Then, then we I think you'd get a lot of feedback if you had two yeah. laptops. You know, right next to each, to each other. other. We'll figure we it out. To do it all. We'll figure it out. Okay, Juan, Juan, can you get a splitter on these laptops? You can split, the, we'll you can split the uh, audio output, Jack, and if you're going to share that microphone like it, like you were doing, Perfect. that right. would probably work. Okay. Yeah, well. you can split the audio out, Jack. The two-for-one splitter, get it. Two-for-one splitter, go to your local electronics place and ask about it. Right, right. Okay, I'll be on that. Tell them Juan Juan sent you. If the boss thinks it's cool, you know. It'll, um, it'll work. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kim and Sarah, for joining us. We really appreciate that. That was interesting. And now we're pulling the train into the station. I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. First of all, let me thank the mysterious Ashley G. Thank you, Ashley, for joining us. Thank you for letting me come on again. Really appreciate it. We'll talk Good to you soon. see you again, Ashley. Uh, let's see. We should go to um, – well, why don't we go to Club? Club, thank you very much for joining us, entertaining Thanks us. Thanks for having me. It's a lot to digest tonight. I know. I'll tell you that. A lot of stuff. Uh, also, um, Switchy, thank you for joining us. Switchy, switch your room. It was my pleasure to be here tonight. You went to the Van Meter, is that this weekend or uh, last week? This past weekend, I went to the Van Meter Visitor Festival just west of Des Moines. How was it? Uh, it was It was good. It was great. They uh, it's, uh, It has more humble beginnings than the Mothman Festival, but they had several hundred people there, very well attended. Cool. And uh, it's uh, the Van Meter Visitor is another winged creature that uh, supposedly appeared in 1903 oh. uh, during the Week of Terror. We get and, uh, had good speakers and uh, got to see a lot of good friends. Cool. Well, wow. thank you, Switch, for joining us. We appreciate it. Kim and Sarah, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. We really uh, appreciate it. On, no. This has been an honor. Fun. Uh, Raven. I never thought you'd make a show out of some of the stories I sent you, but yeah. hey. We'll see. Hey, what the heck? Yep. Crazy stuff, Kim. <laughs> awesome one, one. That's we what it's it. all we about. More crazy stuff. <laughs> Raven, it's that time of the night we have to say goodbye. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Okay, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And uh, one, one, of course, uh, take care over across the puddle. Thank you. Uh, greetings and uh, cheers from uh, jolly old England. Oh, good, jolly old, still jolly. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, <laughs> the uh, the plugs. Uh, homes for our troops. Uh, just uh, check out homes for our troops. And they're a military organization that uh, builds homes for our veterans from the Iraq and Afghan wars. And once the uh, they yeah, came home from. Uh, uh, service to us, uh, maybe missing a limb or whatever, and um, they build them houses. Homes for our troops building their houses that are more adaptable to their situation. And then when the house is complete, they tear up the mortgage, they give them the keys, they give them the house, and they go on to lead um, you know, productive lives, if we can use that term. Homes for our troops, please Google them, see what they're about. 
And uh, that's it. Thank you for everyone writing in for the God Satellite uh, book giveaway contest. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate everyone uh, listening to us. And thank you very much, Kim. And uh, this is so. This is Mac for the rest of the game saying, hey, this is Mac for the rest of the gang saying, do you hear us again? Please be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. And this video with us tonight is the very famous Juan Juan is here. Oh, man, how's, how's the show tonight? It's good so far, isn't it? <laughs> You're asking <laughs> me. Kinda, <laughs> Easier for you to say. That sounded passive-aggressive to me. Sheesh. How dare you ask me that question? I'm exhausted. Yeah, I know. Just from the laughter. <laughs> uh, Commander Cobra is also here. He's in an undisclosed location, but it's somewhere in the studio. How are you doing there, Commander? I'm doing excellent. It's, okay. been a, it's been a real treat with you, gentlemen, tonight. Interesting. Okay. And um, on the phone with us, it's the equally famous Switchblade Steve Ward up there in Battle Creek, Michigan. How are you doing there tonight, Switch? I am beyond wonderful. Beyond wonderful. Well, you must be drinking the same thing we are. Glad to hear that you're beyond wonderful. What's new in the world of Battle Creek, Michigan? Anything? Uh, nothing. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's just not an interesting place. No Fortunately, I actually goodness. live a little bit east of there. Oh so, yes, okay. You keep saying that. You keep qualifying. No, they it's, have... it's, an under, it's what's got. You know, it's, I, I'm very, very uh, uh, jealous of people that are, are calling from undisclosed locations. So yes. that's kind of what me I too. Want I'm to getting a little tired of it. Passive aggressive. You're getting right? tired of it now. I, I wish I was calling from an undisclosed location where I can just kind of batch your people. And... You're four feet away from me. I know. So you are in a like, disclosed location. I, I like to be live though, live and in color. Yeah, Switchblade. What's it like with the uh, end of the summer approaching? Uh, it's still pretty hot here, but you know, uh, every once in a while it. Uh, it cools off just a little bit, yes. and when that happens, that's an indication that we're getting close to the Mothman Festival. Oh, so oh yeah, that's a good thing. Excellent. Yes. When is that? Uh, third weekend in September, uh, the Saturday, the seventeenth, and Sunday. Down in Virginia, Excellent. right? But, but I go down West early Virginia. and you know stretch it out and stay a little bit later too. Right. Okay. Now, does your wife accompany you? Uh, I have been to let's see ten of them, and she has been with me uh, on four of them. Okay. All right. That's a good uh, ratio. She she enjoys it not quite as much as I do not enough to go down mm-hmm. a few days early and stay a day late. You know? Okay, once you tease it, what the once for our listeners, it's going to be happening when and where? Uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, right on the banks of the Ohio River. This, of course, is where all that high strangeness occurred back in the middle '60s that John Keel uh, covered in the uh, the excellent book, The Mothman Prophecies. Yes, great book. And you've got phenomenal speakers, uh, people we all know, Nick Redfern, yes, uh, Stan Gordon. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, Ken Gerhard, uh, all, all kinds of subjects, uh, cryptid researchers, ghost hunters, uh, UFO experts. Uh, there's a phenomenal Mothman Museum there where they've kind of documented all the folklore and all the sightings and so forth. Right. Very well done. And the uh, men uh, in black chase you in golf carts, and you have a fake Mothman dummy that flies over people, scaring the hell out of them in the TNT well, but area. Two of my right? good buddies are the men behind the scenes. and there's a, uh, uh, The TNT area, of course, is where the Mothman was first seen. Yes. Super creepy area in the daytime. But they have these hayrides at night, sort of a haunted hayride. And uh, you'll be accosted by the men in black as you try to enter the area. Mm. And uh, also, at some point, there's a pretty good chance that the Mothman will fly over with a uh, pretty cool uh, 
uh, scream at, uh, overhead. Uh, is marijuana legal in West Virginia by any chance? Just I, I would suspect not, no. but uh, I would say at the Mothman Festival, you really don't need any strange substances to have a good time. Oh, wow. Let's ask him. Uh, um, we were, Steve, I, just so I can avoid a unpleasant situation that will come up at the end of the month, um, mm-hmm. Mac would like a large ball cap. Oh, that's, see, uh, now that's hitting below the belt. You know, and, how do you know uh, that if, large... If, if, if there were any comic books, would you please pick me up one because... Uh, well, actually, that seems uh, to be there's our, a our, our conference uh, kind of a staple See, that we're missing. That is passive aggressive. Well, there yeah. is a comic book guy. No, that was that... downright directly aggressive. There's nothing <laughs> no, passive no. about that. Oh, no, you're <laughs> dumping on Juan's comic book in my hat. No, size. I want the comic book. I've okay. got the guy's He's, address. I'm going to find a comic book for him, or he can have mine. How's that? Uh-oh, Commander, you know you're right. If I can't find another comic book, no, I'll I'll take care of this one. One, okay. you can oh, you can have mine, even that's though it was J U A N J U A N. That's right. Yeah, it's not W O N W O N. He's going to. He's going to have a voodoo doll made of me. Well, that's a good idea. He's going to be sticking pins in it. And now it just dawned on me that it was Switchblade. We were asking if it was easy to pick up chicks at UFO conferences. What we that's just correct. asked him in the last segment. Right. And he said yes. And you kind of said yes. I was, right? yeah, leaning in that direction. Okay. Not that I would ever do that. No, no, you're a happily married man. That's right. How many years? 41. Wow, 41 years. That's amazing. Well, you know, sometimes people think that uh, if you go to these conferences, that the ladies that attend might be a little less than. I don't know, attractive or ladies that might not be that desirable. Well, I can say uh, absolutely that is untrue. That's right. Uh, I can very, say that too. Very high quality of ladies of, uh, of ladies that uh, that attend these things. Right. And, wow. uh, I agree with you. Wow. Wow. That is very interesting. To now, not that we should I'm pack up Rob as- instead of going to the gun range. We should send him to one of these events. That's right. How about this? A UFO dating service. One one. Mm. What do you think? All right. I'm okay. on board. I mean, if the commander can put two lesbians together down in Antarctica, we can certainly get some UFO people together Bruce, up here. Don't, please don't cold. limit me. I, it was many more than just one couple. <laughs> All right. Now, I, I'm not sure if I've got these uh, headphones on. Did I hear two lesbians down in Antarctica? Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not going to ask anymore. Okay, it doesn't seem so passive-aggressive now, does it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, well, listen. Next week, we're going to tease your segment next week. Uh, Switch. Okay, you're going to be talking about the Dyden Whales UFO. Well, actually, it's, it's pronounced Dubbed. Okay. It's spelled D-Y-F-E-D. It's a Welsh name, a Welsh county right. in uh, southwestern Wales. And in 1977, uh, it's one of these high strangers areas. I mean, everything occurred there. Mm-hmm. Very uh, E.T.-like phenomena. Uh, strange orbs. Poltergeist phenomena. Mm-hmm. Uh, religious apparitions. Mm-hmm. Um, people so, were chased by seven foot tall humanoids. And didn't people like they'd be sitting in their houses and they'd see like these aliens walking by their picture windows and stuff like yes, that? Yes, yes, they'd be looking. These guys would be in these. Uh, they would, uh, in their frame of reference, they would say uh, they looked like they were wearing boiler suits. Wow! And they would look right in their windows. Okay. Uh, there were effects on animals. Um, you know, just everything. There's a lot of similarities to uh, the Mothman uh, mm-hmm. events. There's some direct correlations there, and also the Skinwalker Ranch. Wow. So it's a uh, and, and then also connections to folklore. Uh, mm-hmm. The two investigators, Randall Hugh and uh, F.W. Holliday, were the researchers. Uh, F.W. Holliday, by the way, was uh, the guy that wrote some excellent books on the Loch Ness Monster. Mm-hmm. But uh, this thing really it has everything. Wasn't there something about like a herd of cows were in this field and then they turned up in like another field or something? Yes, exactly. Uh, it was, uh, you know, if you remember the incident in the, on the Skinwalker Ranch where the bulls were displaced, yes. the prize bulls that they were raising. But, yeah, they would have the, uh, the uh, hunt. This guy, this particular ranch uh, or a farm, uh, they raised cattle. And they had about 100 of them in this penned in, latched, and then tied. And then the next day, they're all gone. They're all gone. They turned out a half mile away down at the next farm. 
in order for that to happen, somebody would have to come in the dead of night, open the gate, herd them out, go past the house quietly. How do you get 100 (laughs) cattle past the house quietly? And then they wouldn't, this is an area they wouldn't wander normally. They would have to make an angle turn to get off to this other farm a half mile away. And it happened more than once. Now, what what are the aliens trying to tell us for for taking cattle? They can be very quiet. Yeah, I guess. Moving cattle or something. I don't know. Well, listen, that's going to be uh, coming up very soon. But um, what we want to talk about tonight, because we want to stay kind of current, in the past few weeks, and, and this was mostly a week ago because we do tape ahead of time, there's been this strange thing going on in South Carolina. And people aren't really sure whether it's paranormal or whether it's just kind of nuts. And I'm just going to kind of set the table here. People have, down in South Carolina have been reporting in this particular area of South Carolina, kids and adults seeing, <clears throat> I can't believe I'm going to say this, but people dressed like clowns on the edge of a forest trying to entice people, mostly children, into the forest with candy and money. And uh, the kids that this happened to went and reported it to the police. And other people claimed that there was a house full of clowns in the middle of this forest. Or a family. A family of clowns. And the cops raided the house and they, quote unquote, found no clown paraphernalia. And they, there was nothing they could do. Hmm. I think it was more like a shack or something. No big feet. No no big feet. No big, big red noses. No red noses. No orange hair wigs. Mm. No bozo paraphernalia whatsoever. Exactly. Who sounds passively aggressive now. Okay. <laughs> See, all of a sudden. <laughs> and then, but then after the cops raided the place, a couple of days go by and the clowns reappear. Okay. So let's ask this. Let's go around the round table here. Okay. okay. What are the chances? I mean, what's going on down here? I mean, why would people, why would a number of people dress up as clowns to, I mean, I can kind of understand it in a way, but it's almost like too broad. Why would you dress up as a clown to try to, I don't know, do something with a kid or whatever, you know? You're calling attention to yourself dressing up as a clown. I can only think of it as being some kind of a frat house prank. Okay, what what college did you go to? Well, you know, I'm from Cambridge. Massachusetts. Really? No, they, there, were, there was more than one clown there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I lived only a couple of blocks from Harvard University. <clears throat> okay. Um, but so, Go ahead. Sure. You, if, you're, if you're a frat house really going to uh, uh, push the envelope of mayhem and madness, yes. bring in the clowns. Bring in the clowns. But you, so you'd have to, like two or three of these people have to get it completely dressed up in clown gear. Mm-hmm. As you said, big shoes, big hair, red nose. Would you really go through all that? Wouldn't, wouldn't there be an easier way to do a? And then you have the cops. No, but what, creep, you, what creeps me out is the, the enticement of children. Right. That, I mean, that, that would you really do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is spread past the children thing. There's people that have said they've seen them near their apartment complexes, and you know they're 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 standing and they're being seen. Switchblade, isn't there a connection that you that you are aware of? Uh, previously that's gone on with this, because this is now spread to some other states. This, there's either copycats or there's some other aspect to it. They're spotted in Ohio, more clowns in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, see, what I, I remember from uh, reading a lot of paranormal literature now, this seems to be something different. I mean, I have you know, no doubt there's some uh, people out there dressing up like clowns for no reason, but uh, people like John Keel, Jacques Vallée have uh, chronicled some real oddities. And one of the things are these, and, and they would call them paranormal outbreaks of clowns where people would see these things but in more in a phantom context uh another just doesn't well it, it kind of relates sideways another thing that shows up in areas that it doesn't make any sense are kangaroo sightings well and this is this is places where you know they check there's no kangaroos anywhere there's no zoos that have had them and uh they show up periodically and then they're gone you so, mean in places other than australia 
Yes, in, in the U.S., all over the place. Wow. So that's just one of those, it's, it's one of those categories of oddities that show up that doesn't seem, you know, to have a, a physical origin. So, but I think that the, uh, you know, I don't have, I know there was a, I recall there was an outbreak of uh, these clown reports back in 81 in Boston. Now, I don't, I don't remember the details on that. <laughs> it's the Red Sox. It's just what we need. Yeah, it's just <laughs> hang on, hang on. Okay. All right. So really, an outbreak of clowns in Boston? Yes, I, I'll have to Google it to get, uh, I mean, this is kind of fa- hazing in my memory here. But, it could uh, be the politicians, uh, could be the cops, could be the Red Sox, could be the Celtics. There's many, many suspects. This, <laughs> this particular instance seems like there are some, I mean, real people out there uh, doing this. And then well, the, what's, the, what's the creep factor? Is, How many people on the show talking tonight are creeped out by clowns? I, I bring this up to my wife. My wife does not like this at all. I know, I've, I've mentioned this before, I know a, an A6 pilot who uh, is someone who he has whatever the... <laughs> Right, there's a one one. Uh, he's, he's getting he's pretty emotional. Pretty emotional. He has to leave the room. I know someone who's an A6 pilot who is just absolutely creeped out by clowns, and and there's an actual word for it. You know, something something phobia, clownophobia, or something like that, which which is very strange, but it's a very serious thing. Your wife has it there, Commander. Yeah, she uh, does not like clowns. She's always found them very creepy. Mm. In fact, uh, when we were having the discussion, she likens it to the uh, little toy uh, monkey that banged the cymbals. Uh, you know, I had that creepy little oh, grin. Yeah, sure. Another yes. thing that just absolutely gets under her skin. And Close Encounters, that was uh, the product. Yeah, that or Poltergeist, or one of those two. Yeah, it was right. pretty nasty. So so my question is, is though, if it's, um, you know, let's say humans doing this, you have to go through a lot of moving paths to become a clown, okay? You have to go out and you have to get the outfit. You need the big – whoops, Sorry. You have to go to clown college. You have to too, go to clown college. Okay. No, I, I don't think you need it. Well, to do maybe, this. but you have to be familiar with clowns. You have yeah. to get the the big shoes, the weird pants, the hair, the nose. Go to well, a couple of like they're putting on a routine. From what I can figure out, I don't think that this re- really requires the level of. Uh, I'd like to put through two things. On one scale, I, I think the much maligned and overlooked movie Killer Clowns from Space might give us an explanation here that we could <laughs> okay. be encountering a culture uh, extraterrestrial as it was in the movie of clowns or, or beings that look like what we call clowns here. And uh, if we if you made it through that cinematic masterpiece, you would know that. The other piece on the other side of this, I'm wondering if it's anything to do with Rob Zombie's new movie that's coming out, 31. Oh, oh wow. Is there a movie coming out about clowns? Yeah, Rob Zombie, one of my favorite directors. And some hateful mask close by. Go uh, ahead. Rob Zombie's got a movie coming out, and there's been a lot of peeping about you know his movie, 31. It features some kind of demonic clown stuff. I mean, the guy makes, he doesn't make your skin crawl. He literally gets into your skin. Yes. His movies are, are, I mean, I remember watching this special where he, he went through and narrated the uh, classic late 30s film Carnival of Souls, mm-hmm. where he took the uh, title for one of his albums. And uh, his commentary in the movie, you know, what he liked about it was was pretty scary stuff. Wow. So I'm wondering if uh, if this is a Rob Zombie uh, connected directly Publicity or stuff. indirectly. It went away. <laughs> I'm sorry. One one is uh, handing me information because I can't uh, handle. Well, if this is a publicity stunt, this is really poor taste. Oh yeah, Rod Zombie's uh, highly anticipated thirty-one releases. Yep, and it has to do. There's a clown involved. Well, that I mean Stephen of... King's movie. It uh, there's all kinds of stuff. We talked about that earlier in the show with uh, with Rob. I mean, there is definitely a cultural aspect that some people find the whole clown thing pretty unnerving. Right. Um, I wonder why that is. Is it because they can fit like 15 of them in a small car? Is there some kind of a... 
which could be translated to a small spacecraft, I'm just saying. That's true. Uh, a switch. I mean, have you heard anything other than this clown reports in Boston? Anything other paranormal clown related? That you can- uh, just just uh, that you know people would see them pop up occasionally. I've got a little more information on that. Uh, Daniel O'Connor, who was a Boston public school uh, administrator, uh, sent out a memo to parents that uh, there were vans, people in vans. This is 1981 okay. in Brookline. Okay, yes. people in vans uh, uh, dressed as clowns trying to get well, kids to, to come into a the van, van driving in Brooklyn. What the hell are they doing in Brookline? <laughs> yeah, they were really out of their a police people. reporting event. <laughs> Brookline is like one of those affluent neighborhoods in Boston. But go ahead. There's too many vans going from Brookline. <laughs> Fans <laughs> of clowns in Brookline just doesn't make sense, but go ahead, please. Okay, see, I'm a, I'm a Midwesterner. I wouldn't know anything about that. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, they, uh, when they questioned the uh, the, the adults and the children, uh, no adults ever saw them. Mm-hmm. Only children ages five to seven seem to be seeing these clowns. Wow. Whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks later, there was an outbreak in Kansas where some kids claimed that they were chased by a clown carrying a sword. Mm-hmm. So this is this so uh, whatever is going on. This has happened before. And Mac, this is down in, in, I'm reading here, Franklin Park and Jamaica Plain. Oh, well, I wouldn't be surprised be to find clowns me. there. Yeah, but <laughs> bands and clowns, not uncommon. <laughs> they wouldn't be given a second look. <laughs> I please. Oh, I got I to gotta give you this one here. Oh, and then <laughs> Pittsburgh. Some guy dressed up like a pink bunny rabbit. Oh, well, now we're in the uh, genre, that's, though. I, that's that's really any... sound, That's frightening. This is actually too small for me to read, oh, but... Wait, I can understand. So someone keep... dressed up as a pink bunny rabbit is frightening, but yet someone in a tiger suit with high heels is not. Eight. Yes, be okay. Uh, right. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I'm past that stage. Uh, are you really? <laughs> as far as anybody knows, uh, uh, well, I Talk have about to tell passive you, aggressive. I just had to say it. That in April of 1981, that uh, clowns were seen. In... <laughs> if anyone knew what Franklin Park was like, there's a zoo there. <laughs> this is the Franklin Park Zoo. There's a zoo Come outside on. the zoo too. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so this clown thing, phantom clown yeah. thing, is something that's happened before. It's so strange. And not aware. I, I'm but, surprised. But why, but, well, all I can say is, I mean, why clowns? Why clowns? Is it- uh, there, is a, uh, there is a just a visceral reaction to a large number of people that this is a high creep factor. Could it be that Captain Kangaroo, who had never, a clown he, on his TV show and TV broadcasts, have Captain been leaving? Captain Kangaroo did? Yeah, he had uh, you know, the Clarabelle, the clown that didn't talk. Yeah, that wasn't Captain Kangaroo. No, that, that was, was uh, before Captain Howdy Kangaroo. Doody. Yeah. All right. And so those TV signals left this earth in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Aliens saw them and they well, saw. Well, the, the alien clown culture saw them. Maybe. Right. And then they said, let's go to the planet. And if we dress up like clowns, no one will notice us because they think that everyone on the. What about the Joker and Batman? He was a clown. That's right. There you go. I, 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 I'm fascinated End of by the discussion. Of all the things to. I mean, kangaroos are pretty weird, but clowns are strange because you have to, you have to go through a whole process to become a clown. You know? You have to. It takes makeup and so on. Yep. Interesting. Okay, best clown. Jack Nicholson or uh, who was the guy who died that did the... Tim Keith Curry. Curry. Heath Ledger. Yeah, Heath Ledger. Heath, uh, Heath Ledger or, or Jack? Heath Ledger was really pretty good yeah. in that Batman movie, actually. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was definitely darker where yeah, Jack I, Nicholson definitely right. was... Uh, Went over the top, kind of. Yeah, he was, you know, he was much more theatrical. Right, right. Heath Ledger was really pretty good in that movie. Yeah, he was. He was, mm-hmm. he was unbelievable. Uh, who's your favorite clown? Why don't have one. Let's see. Uh, Bozo. Bozo. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was on the Bozo show as a you were? child. Yes, I was. Yes. Oh man, I'm okay. jealous. Yeah. Well, you know, not if you were there, because Bozo every once in a while would be with the flask. Of, but anyway, <laughs> <I heard. laughs> his, his cousin Nozo. Nozo used to take his place. Nozo. Okay, that was his cousin, right? 
um, Clarabelle yeah. on Howdy Doody. We right. probably established that. Um, how many other famous clowns are there? Well, there was hmm. that guy. Uh, Emmett Kelly. Uh, Emmett Kelly. Emmett Kelly yeah. was a yeah, clown. Okay. Then uh, they had to bring the mood down, but John Wayne Gacy was Yeah, just remembering up the Gacy factor. Yeah. yeah he uh, he used to dress up as a clown to entertain young boys. Yep. He killed about 35 of them, buried them in the cellar of his house. I suppose that uh, Tim Curry only pretended to kill people when he dressed up like a clown for uh, Stephen King's It. We were talking Tim about that Curry. before. I didn't realize It had to do with a clown. But, hmm. but Yeah, the thing that manifested as a clown to lure people. Wow. Yeah. So clowns are like really kind of weird, kind of strange. Well, I think uh, maybe Commander's daughter can attest to the psychological makeup of clowns. Mm-hmm. that somehow has this factor that seeps out every so often and creeps out kids because there's a lot of kids out there that do have this fear of clowns. It's not some kind of phony baloney, you know. Right. Some people just have it. It's a, it's a phobia, yeah, like I going mean, over bridges or something. You know, it's not a, like a, a fear of Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. It's a fear of clowns. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a, a phobia that is real out there. And, and we should explain that the Cobra's daughter is someone who's going for her doctorate degree in... Psychology. Psychology. Is right. And, and, and neurology. 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 Right. So she maybe explain that. Maybe we should have her on as a guest. We need to have her as an expert uh, witness to the, the clown phenomenon. The clown phenomenon. Yeah, we need a name yeah, for it. Yeah, I mean, they she did a big enough it when she came to the show about a month ago. Sure. Yes. Yep. Uh, what, what should we call this? Clown, the invasion of the clowns? Or? Killer um, clowns from space. Bring in the clowns. Bring in mm. the clowns. Okay. We'll have a music bed underneath it. You know, we can't play music on the show. Oh, we found that copyrighted. out. Last week, yeah. Uh, Even the Sky Club music we couldn't play on the show. Oh. Yeah, so I a lot of people that. were left hanging and saying, and now here's Sky Club doing David Bowie's Starman, and then the the show ended, as it right. turned out, because you have to have clearances even though you, yep. if you're in the band. you Sure. Yeah, so anyway. So, hey, Switch, um, can you do an entire report on kangaroo sightings around the United States, or is it a little thin? Uh, I, can, uh, I, I can do some research on it. There is, uh, uh, there is some uh, interesting literature on it. And, uh, you know, it, it, to be kind of a short segment, probably, but, 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 but in what the context of what we're talking about, very interesting. But, but, I mean, people see kangaroos bouncing through their yard and then... Yeah, yeah, they're they, like flesh and blood kangaroos, and then they, you know, they call the police, call the authorities, and they're gone. Uh, they don't find any evidence, and, uh, you know, they, they go through all the, uh, the, the channels you would, would normally do. Are there any zoos nearby? Were there any traveling zoos? Uh, and with anybody that were, you know, keeping, I don't know how you keep a kangaroo as a pet, right. uh, you know, and, uh, and, and keep it quiet. But, uh, and I'm sure, you know, in a couple instances that's been the case. But yeah, it's just one of those things that, uh, and I'm trying to think, I think there's, there are other, there are, for some reason, there are certain categories of phenomena that repeat and show up and have no explanation. <laughs> Well, maybe it's what we were talking about earlier is this uh, unified field theory of the paranormal, that all this weird stuff that happens, UFOs, clowns, likeness monster, Bigfoot, Mothman, are all part of the same thing, one one. Now, we know that Boston is like the, the home base for your best colleges and universities. Yes. Genius minds are, are there drinking coffee all day long. Allegedly. And there's a, a cover-up here in this clown story. because uh, you got. I'm reading from the story. Curiously, the clowns were never seen by adults, only by small children. At least one report claimed a clown had been naked from the waist down. Oh. Now, is that unusual in Boston? I don't know. As we say here in New England, that's wicked creepy. <laughs> very... Unable to locate even one evil clown, the police finally told the public <clears throat> it was just children's fantasy and closed the case. Wow. 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 That is strange. 
That sounds like a government cover-up to me. Yeah, I know. Like Project Blue. Well, I'll tell you what sounds really suspicious. You got three people from the greater Boston area. I took somebody from the Midwest that was aware of the clown the sightings. In. In yeah, really. No, I, I wasn't. I, I'm surprised. I'll tell you, I can't unsee that vision of a clown, you know, from the top up and not from the bottom. You know. <laughs> very strange. Very strange. Talk about passive aggressiveness. <laughs> well, that has come up many times. Hey, listen, switchblade. Well, it's true that the clown should not be showing off their Volkswagens. That's right. Bada bing. And, you know, that's the thing is that you, know, you have to look for a very small car to catch these clowns. And, you know, <laughs> that might run into complications. Switchblade, Steve, thanks for joining us again. And uh, the Mothman Festival is in two weeks, right? Yes. Okay. And you'll be back with us next week to talk about this Wales incident. You're right. Okay. Super duper. Thanks for joining us. You sound very well, very good tonight, by the way. All right. Audio good. wise. All right. Thanks night, for joining guys. us, and we will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Switchblade Steve. Always see you, Switchblade. Take Adam care. Creed, Michigan. Thank you very much. Well, I'll tell you, gentlemen, guess what? We're at the end of the show. And we've talked about many things tonight. Clowns having to be the overall kind of, uh, you know, milieu, as they I'm gonna, say. I'm going to have a clown dream tonight. <laughs> you and me both, my friend. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Uh, Rob Beckhausen for his uh, report on weird weapons and et cetera, et cetera. Juan Juan, thank you for your field report on the UFO Exeter um, Fe- UFO Festival. Conference. Okay. Uh, did I get that right? Yes, you did. Okay. Uh, thank you, Switchblade, for uh, joining in on our uh, clown conversation. And, of course, Commander Cobra, thank you for joining us tonight. As always, thank okay. you. Okay. And thank you for that bottle of um, sour mash that you gave us, corn mash, <laughs> which might actually explain. No wonder there's so much clowning around. Yeah, right. Clowning. Oh, uh, my God. Thank you very much. And thank you to everyone for uh, listening in tonight. We really appreciate it. So we're getting to the end of the show, so it's time for me to say thank you, Juan Juan. You're welcome. Thank you, Commander Cobra, for joining us in the studio tonight. Thanks for our listening audience. And also the Switch. And uh, we'll be here next week. Until then, Mac Maloney for the whole gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye.